I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Welcome back, everyone, to Inside Sources. Today on KSL News Radio, I am Boyd Matheson, opinion editor at the Deseret News, and uh, we're going to keep things rolling along here as uh, we look at our uh, moonshot push uh, between now and Labor Day, uh, really trying to flatten out that curve, making sure everybody's doing whatever they can uh, to help in that effort. And uh, obviously, as we get schools opening up uh, this week and uh, a lot of schools opening up next week, uh, also brings us to uh, high school sports and uh, what their fate and future will be. Uh, of course, we found out yesterday that uh, the Pac-12 uh, joined the Big Ten in uh, canceling their uh, fall sports lineup, and I uh, thought we better we better get the man, the myth, and the legend uh, on the line. So we reached out to uh, Scott. Oh no, we reached out to oh, Alex. Boy. <laughs> I, I couldn't resist, Alex. No, Alex Curie joins us. How you doing, sir? As if it hasn't been an, enough of a stressful 24 hours, boy, you throw that at me? Come on. <laughs> I said to throw Scott a bone. Uh, these two on Unrivaled uh, every night here on KSL, 7 to 9 p.m., uh, get you that sports fix that uh, that we all need. But, man, it's, it's, getting, it's getting harder. Uh, give me your perspective, Alex. What is this? Not only what what does this mean for this year? Uh, I mean, please don't tell me that the BYU Navy game will be the national championship game. But what does <laughs> what does this mean for the future of uh, of college? Let's start with just football. Yeah, well, I mean, so here's what it looks like. What's weird is you have this. Tell me if this even sounds remotely uh, like it's. I mean, it doesn't make any sense to me. So you have the Big Twelve and the SEC and the ACC who are all saying, "Oh yeah, ship shape, we're going forward, we're doing this." <laughs> And those are the other power five conferences, right? right. So you, then you have the Pac-12 and the Big Ten, which are, you know, big in their in, in their power five conferences. And certainly the Big Ten uh, throws around more weight than the Pac-12 does. But, uh, I mean, I don't know what the disconnect is. So which is it? Player safety, player health and safety? Is it, uh, you know, a liability issue? Is it the money? What What's going on here? I mean, everybody wants to make the money, but... Uh, I, I'm not sure what has changed over the last few days. I know that we've heard some new health, you know, recommendations that some there have been some heart issues that may have popped up uh, mm. that could be there. I mean, but it's not like there's been a study, you know, an official study. They've had some things and that's certainly scary. Yeah. You don't want to see that happen. You don't want that to pop up and just say, well, we're moving forward anyway. But, you know, I'm kind of on the side of people who go. So now college football cares about the health of their players, right. especially especially the idea of pushing to. And this is something Scott was super frustrated by the last couple of days. So you're telling me you you care so much about the health and safety of the players that you want to go January one to essentially January one, do mm-hmm. two football seasons in nine or ten months. And, you know, this is already a sport that has come under fire for how much contact they have and how much 
you know, oh, yeah. uh, I mean, the concussion protocols, yeah. the injuries, the, the the pill addictions that some of these players walk away with the game from, exactly. and they're done forever. The ones that don't go to the NFL, they're stuck with uh, those health issues forever. And college just, you know, thumbs up and moves right on. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what changed in the last few days in the Pac-12 and the Big Ten that the SEC, the Big 12, and the uh, ACC are just going. Nope, we're going forward. What's interesting is is that BYU plans on adding more people to their schedule this week. So uh, that's on top of the Pac-12 shutting it all down, and, and Utah fans being massively depressed about not being able to even watch their team, not right. just not go to the stadium, but. And then you've got BYU probably adding games and trying to figure out how that's going to happen. I don't know if that means home games. I don't mean, I don't know if that means that they'll, they won't have any home games. Or obviously, they're going to Annapolis. But uh, right now, only, the only two games on the schedule, the North Alabama game you can throw out because right. they're not going to play that game. Uh, but Houston and Navy, those are the two games on the schedule currently for BYU. Wow. So I think they're looking to add maybe five or six more. That's uh, that's crazy, and that and that I think is part of the frustration for so many Americans, uh, not just in the sporting space, but everywhere. That we just we there's no certain trumpet, there's no certain sound of this is what we're going to do, this is why we're going to do it, and and everybody saying okay, let's let's make that happen. And I think that uncertainty adds to the frustration. Uh, and uh, and so looking at it again, kind of back to just the the sporting standpoint, we we talk about all the progress that's been made for these minor sports for women's sports, uh, and with the absence uh, in most of these conferences, most of these schools for uh, having football, which drives a lot of the revenue that keeps all the other programs going. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, is this is this the beginning of the end of uh, of college sports in general? Uh, you are going to see, you know, just like you've seen small businesses shutter. Look at some mm. of these. Uh, look at some of these sports and some of these Olympic sports at schools that don't have the money to support them. I mean, you think about a place like Stanford, for example. This is a place with a massive endowment. They shut down eleven sports. Wow. Uh, probably for the long term, you know, uh, and they have thirty-six. You know, the average school has twenty-three, twenty-four. They pride themselves on winning national championships in everything, right? This is Stanford we're talking yeah. about. This is a Pac-12 school, and you are going to see that happen on a much larger scale with a lot of these smaller schools that aren't able to operate the way that they, uh, the way that some of these other big schools can. And so, you, if you looked at it like the small business down the, down the street and college football being the larger, more healthy business that can maybe shut a few stores here and there, but still probably will come out of this thing at the end. Uh, you're looking at mom and pop shops that were, that are going to be these smaller sports, never opening back up again. And unfortunately yeah. the, in the wake of that, you're going to see some of those sports, the, the women's athletics and, and some of these, even just small schools that have athletic programs that barely make it, they're not going to make it either yeah. unless you're talking about asking the taxpayer to foot an even bigger bill that they already do, which, right. you know, especially right now, no one wants to hear that. Yeah. But we also don't want to hear the story of no sports going forward. I mean, can you imagine this fall looking like nothing is going on? We, when this thing happened in, in uh, March, March 11th, when Rudy tested positive, the NBA suspended indefinitely, we looked at the football season and went, yeah, but that's far away. We'll be fine by then. And here we are. Yeah. August 11th yesterday, you know, uh, we had Crazy. that, the, the, you know, one of the worst announcements you've ever had. 102 years of, of Utah football oh. that they've played every year. And now it's going to be suspended for this fall. And I can't imagine it coming back from the spring in yeah. a responsible way either. Yeah, it's tough stuff. Uh, really hard stuff. Hey, I'm, I, I want a 30 second take on this. Uh, 
because I, I ranted on this yesterday. Uh, many of the high schools here in Utah getting ready to kick off football season, so they they seem to be moving forward. Uh, but it looks like the only ones who are going to get tickets are the parents. Uh, and my rant was, uh, you know, if this is for the student athletes and the student body, go back to that taxpayer money stuff. Uh, should we should we make the parents watch from home and uh, <laughs> let the students come in? Give me a thirty second on it. I hope I wish there were a way for there to be. I mean, that the the problem is is that with all these other sports that are on a big scale, we can watch them on TV. I totally feel for mom and dad. The interesting thing is, is having neighbors next door to me right now. We we live in the Davis High School you oh, know, yeah. district, and and they're like, I guess we can't go to any sports. And you know what? Uh, the students uh, probably could, should take that hit. I think mom and dad should be able to go, you know, <laughs> but who's going to watch the kids? You know, like that was the family activity for me when I was a kid. Going. Yeah, so that's right. That's I, I wonder right. how this is going to work. I wonder how the high school sports are going to work at all. You know, I mean, my kids are playing youth sports. They're getting their temperature taken every, every practice. And yeah. I wonder how long this thing's going to last for yeah. them too. Tricky stuff. Alex, appreciate your insight on all of this. Bet, uh, we'll stay tuned later on tonight, seven to nine unrivaled Alex Curry, Scott, Mitchell, uh, don't miss it. It's a great way to not just get a good conversation about sports, uh, but there's so many of the social issues and the human issues uh, that I love how you guys get into. So, Alex, uh, thanks for joining us today. We'll have you back real soon. All right. Uh, so with that, you know, again, the uh, looking at the, the college landscape and looking at the high school landscape and what we're doing there, uh, I think it's I do think it's an interesting moment uh, inflection point for us as a country. Uh, sports have become such a dominant force in the culture. Uh, does this uh, recalibrate how we look at it? Does it recalibrate as parents how much money we invest in uh, making uh, Susie out to be the uh, the all-star pitcher or uh, Johnny to be the linebacker? Uh, does it change that dynamic? Do we, do we start looking differently uh, in terms of, wow, it was nice to have a couple Saturdays where I didn't have to race around ball fields uh, all day long or race to practices during the week? Uh, I, I think there's some really good things that we can look at in terms of our approach to sports and athletics. We can still get all the great positive benefits out of it. Uh, can we get rid of some of the non-essential stuff? Uh, can we simplify a little bit, make it a little more uh, player and, and child focus as opposed to parent and coach focus? Uh, I think there's some good opportunities there for sure. All right, we're going to go ahead and step aside. When we come back, Scott Howe's going to join us. We're going to break down a little further what the Kamala Harris announcement means for the state of Utah. Stay with us on KSL News Radio. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind, only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do? in the face of an international disaster decades in the making. That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.